I've had clients share music with me. Um, I've had clients share writing with me. So yes, absolutely. And um, I would argue that that might even be an easier way for someone to connect or express themselves um, than traditional talk therapy. Talking might be less comfortable for a creative person than sharing their creative craft. Or the opposite could be true as well. And This is The Labyrinth and the Thread, conversations about creativity and mental health for, by, and with people who love to create things and have experience navigating mental health. I'm Amelia Aldred, and I'm glad you're listening. Today, I'm speaking with Clara Donaldson, a licensed clinical professional counselor. As a violinist, Clara is especially passionate about counseling creative folks. She's on the board of directors of Sound Mind Musician, a nonprofit organization devoted to ending stigma surrounding mental illness in the classical music world. Thank you so much for joining me today, Clara. Could you tell us a little bit about your practice and how you got into your career as a therapist and as someone who works with creative people? Absolutely. Um, and thank you so much for having me, Amelia, by the way. Um, it's really a pleasure to be here and to talk with you. So I have kind of an unconventional start to my career as a therapist. Um, I started out being a musician. I went to college for violin performance and I always kind of knew that I didn't really want to play music professionally, um, but I absolutely loved that world. I still love that world. My parents are both classically trained musicians, and so I grew up in a very music-oriented family. So it's just really been a population of folks and a community that I really care deeply about. So I got my start um, in college by going into music, and then uh, I worked with so many different musicians in a mentorship capacity. I was, um, you know, an orientation leader. Uh, I just really loved connecting with other colleagues and peers, and you know, playing in ensembles together. And it's it's just a very um, a very connected community and one that's very emotionally linked, I think, to each other. So I just uh, throughout my college career, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I was thinking maybe going into medicine. But I ended up eventually wanting to go into therapy and to counseling practice. And um, I was really drawn to working with musicians and the creative population in general, just because, um, again, it's, it's a community they care very deeply about. And then I also saw a real need for folks in this population to have access to mental health services and access to a therapist who was able to understand that world. So that's how I got into this. What are some common topics or issues that you find tend to especially be brought up among creative folks? So, you know, in thinking about this too, you know, the questions I hear from creative clients and the, the you know, the common struggles that come up aren't that different from everyone. <laughs> um, they, and by that, I mean that they aren't limited to creative folks or creative professions. I think that they're very universal things that people struggle with, but I do think that there are some unique uh, issues that musicians and, and other creative folks face. Um, I hear a lot of questions like, um, is this normal? Are other people feeling this way? Are other people struggling with this um, more in a general sort of way? And then, you know, more specific uh, struggles and questions like, you know, how can I be more productive? How can I draw better work-life boundaries? Uh, since it is such a, a gray area with creative uh, professions and creative endeavors. And then 
of course, you know, I see a lot of just depression and anxiety impacting the creative process as well. You know, things like comparing yourself to others, comparing yourself to yourself and, you know, struggling with negative thought processes, cognitive uh, distortions, or, you know, uh, I can unpack that phrase a little bit more, but um, ways that we view ourselves um, that might not be completely the whole truth, you know, seeing ourselves in, in only a negative light or seeing ourselves in black and white terms. And then also just some dissonance between um, making a living and doing creative work as a thing that I common commonly talk to folks about and grappling with, you know, is it a balance? Is it choosing one over the other? So um, I think a lot of, a lot of unique uh, struggles that bring people to counseling, but that also are pretty universal. So If you want to talk about creativity and your creative work in a therapy session, how do you begin? If your therapist doesn't know much about your particular craft or field, where do you even start? Do you have any advice for how people can translate that experience? It's a great question. Um, I feel, you know, like being honest about where the passion lies in the creativity. Um, And I I guess this is more about, you know, someone who might be professionally creative or, you know, uh, I guess not limited to, but uh, being able to describe and uh, maybe a way to label it would be the duality of both having this be your profession and also having this be your passion. And I think that if you describe it as such, you know, a therapist hopefully, definitely, but then also um, others might be able to see, okay, this is more than just a job to this person. This is more than just a thing to do, a hobby. This is, you know, this is meaningful and this is valuable to this person. Because I think that all the important things that come up in therapy or that come up in, um, at least in my talking with clients, is it all comes down to values. It all comes down to what's valuable to you in your life. And how do you want to live your life in accordance with your values? And So I think if you can label it as such, um, and if you can kind of, you know, share that, hey, this isn't just one note, this is, this is many different notes, no pun intended, Um, but like many different facets to this work is, are important to me. And so I think, I think that that would be how I would describe both my own personal experience, but then also a lot of, a lot of different folks' experience um, and maybe something that feels like a, a wall between them and the, the person that they're talking to. Um, but again, you know, I, and I think this is more about using therapy in, in, in this space, but um, I am a really big fan with my clients about naming the underlying emotions in the therapeutic relationship as well. So, you know, I often encourage clients to be really open with me um, and comfortable disclosing when they um, are experiencing anger at me or frustration with me, or if they are noticing some of the patterns in their life coming up in our work together. Um, And so I think that, you know, again, this is easier said than done if you don't have a relationship built and the rapport built with your therapist, if, if it's difficult to trust them right off the bat. But Um, I would also invite someone to share that, share these feelings with a therapist to say, hey, by the way, I'm a little concerned that you might not understand me fully, or you might, you might have a different background to me. Like, are there any areas in your life that you feel like you can relate to this? Or, you know, how, how have you helped folks in the past who have different backgrounds than you? You can ask therapists questions. (laughs) In your conversations with other people in the field, what are some things that you think 
would be useful or important um, for other clinicians to know when working with people in creative fields, whether uh, it's their you know, primary prof- you know, profession and revenue stream, or it is not their primary revenue stream, but is an important part of their life? Um, one thing I think is kind of going off of what I said before in terms of acknowledging the importance of the craft, of the importance that, that creativity plays in these clients' lives. And I think that a lot of times, you know, as therapists, we might view um, mental health professionals, I'll say, um, we might view, uh, you know, work as something that we can turn on and turn off. You know, a lot of times if I have, you know, non-creative clients or clients who do not have creative, um, you know, work that they do professionally, um, I encourage, you know, boundary setting with work of like, you know, I think this is helpful to anyone too, but like turning your email off when you get home and, you know, not accepting work calls during a, you know, a date night or something like that. Um, And so I think that those, you know, that sort of advice is helpful for clients, but I think that that might be limiting for a creative person because there is so much nuance and so much bleeding over from creative to professional and, um, I think we need to acknowledge that and, and not say, oh, well, I'm not sure if this is healthy boundary setting here, but instead, you know, asking questions and saying, okay, why is this valuable to a client? Why is this, why is this helping them? Why is, what's the, what's the purpose behind this? So I think that that's something that I would encourage fellow clinicians or fellow therapists to keep in mind when working with creative individuals and then also to allow space for a lot of big emotions. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, creative folks, and I'm, I'm including myself in this, absolutely. A lot of times creative folks are very emotionally sensitive. Um, and I mean, I love the word sensitive. I think sensitive is, has gotten to be a negative thing or it's been construed as a negative thing. But I think that it's such a, like a superpower. It's such a powerful thing to be sensitive with the world and with emotion. And um, I think a lot of creative folks are sensitive emotionally because they have to they have to be uh, sensitive to the world to know how to infuse emotion into their craft in order to you know create meaningful emotionally meaningful literature and art and music in order to connect with others they have to be sensitive so um, I would say I would also encourage therapists um, to acknowledge that this is this is something that's probably a strength of a creative client. So when working with clients, do people talk much about their particular art pieces or artwork that they're working on? Because that's another thing I know that sometimes folks will wonder if I go to a therapist, like maybe I am painting a painting and it's really bringing up some stuff and I want to talk about that. But can I, can I talk about this process of painting? Does, would they understand it? Is that, you know, is, is that normal? You know, um, is that something that people will bring? Yes. And Given that I, again, this is maybe a, a way that this, that my background helps me by acknowledging like, you know, I, I, if I had a client come to me and say, Hey, you know, can we bring this into the space? I would, I would like throw my hands up and be like, yes, like, please let's spend the next like three sessions talking about it if we need to, um, and bring it in, like physically bring it in. Um, I've had clients share music with me. Um, I've had clients share writing with me. So yes, absolutely. And um, I would argue that that might even be an easier way for someone to connect or express themselves um, than traditional talk therapy. Talking might be less comfortable for a creative person than sharing their creative craft, or the opposite could be true as well. And, you know, they could be more, more concerned about the perception that I might have or that the therapist might have of their creative work. So 
Um, but absolutely, that's something that I would encourage a client to bring into session. And then also that I think could be, you know, a really healing perception too. If, if, um, if you were working with a therapist who wasn't creative and you were to bring your creative work into the session, you might also get a really interesting outside perspective on your work. And, you know, I would, I would bet, um, that a therapist who isn't as creative or isn't, you know, isn't an artist, like I'm a musician, but I'm not an artist. And if I were to see a client's work, you know, I would have had a specific perception of how maybe they were struggling with it. Cause I, I probably was, was, would, would be hearing a very filtered perception of, you know, again, all the negative things about it. And so I'd probably be able to give a very instinctual response of like, Oh my gosh, that's, that's incredible. Or that's exquisite. Or that's so impactful emotionally. Um, that could be a really important perception that, you know, people haven't shared with them before. So, um, so the, so yes, <laughs> please include it and bring it in. I love the thought that as important as it is to have people that, that understand our experience uh, on a very personal level, um, whether it is that they practice the same medium or they have experience in a particular community, et cetera, that's also so valuable to have someone who is not immersed in that. Bear with me here. This idea came to me and I was like, oh my goodness, it's, you know, if you have a relationship, say with your community or with a particular piece of art or with the craft itself, and you are going to, well, relationship counseling, it's really good to have an out outside perspective sometimes, you know, when you are in counseling with someone, why not your art as well? Because, you know, goodness knows you spend enough time with it. Um, you have a long enough history with it. I love, no, I, I absolutely love how you framed that because I do think, you know, I know you laughed at the comparison with relationship counseling, but it is, is the exact same thing. It's like, it's a new set of eyes. It's a new set of ears. And it's an impartial set of, of ears that only cares about your well-being and your mental health. So I think that that is a very apt comparison, and I would absolutely agree. So before we end, um, I always like to ask folks if there is any particular projects or organizations or even just fantastic art or media that they've been enjoying recently that they would like to plug into to share with listeners. I would love to get more in the world in terms of art and music uh, right now. I don't have any cre necessarily creative plugs, but I did you know, want to plug just um, some general tips and uh, sources for if someone is trying to find a therapist, because I have heard a lot of folks, you know, saying recently, um, again, through, you know, people calling our, our office that people are having a hard time finding a therapist. So um, one place that I can point folks in, you know, in a direction is um, the Psychology Today website. And I think that a lot of folks sometimes, you know, are saying like, well, how do I, how do I trust knowing what therapist is going to be good? And, you know, what therapist is going to be right for me? And I think that, um, that website has a, a database of therapists. Um, and I believe you have a link to it on your, on every, every podcast episode I saw, but, um, so I, I really do think it's, it's a very trusted, reputable website and, um, they, uh, have a really wonderful, uh, database of therapists, as I said, um, and you can see videos and biographies of the therapists on that website. So I would highly recommend the psychology today therapist search tool, um, and then I also um, would be happy to help any uh, folks in the Chicago area 
um, to find a therapist if they wanted to contact me as well. Um, I gave you my professional email as well. And people can definitely reach out to me because I'm, I help with intake coordination at my practice as well. So, um, I can help them with that and, and also help sort out any questions that they have, um, specifically if there's any creative folks looking for a therapist and want any questions answered, I'm here as well. Well, thank you so much. I deeply appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your insight and sharing your experience. Absolutely. This has been so wonderful and I, I love, I've loved talking with you as well. Um, with a fellow creative person and, and it's just been really fun to, to chat if you enjoyed this episode and would like to support us consider joining our patreon at patreon.com slash lab podcast if you're not in a position to financially support us you can help out by spreading the word and following us on social media stories concerns and manifestos can all be emailed to labthreadpodcast at gmail.com Thank you for listening. Remember to take care of yourselves and each other. And until next time, from Chicago, Illinois, this is The Labyrinth and the Thread. Thread.